Blog Talk Radio.
Because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, O oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their 
their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need your light never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord. But when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord, that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee, and healing is in your wings. And you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord, every demonic force, Lord, God, that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. Did you know that whether you are fully aware or not, you have placed something first in your life? Have you ever stopped to consider what occupies that prime spot in your heart and whether or not it truly deserves that honor? Today, I want to urge you to put God first in your life. Let us delve into God's Word to truly understand the profound impact of making Him the center of our lives. I am also going to pray a powerful prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. Now consider this. 
Every decision, every action, and every thought reflects what we value most. The choices we make daily are a mirror to our soul's deepest desires and priorities. But, you know what? We should always ensure that we put God first in all that we do. When we truly place Him at the forefront of our lives, we experience a transformation so profound that our lives will never be the same. Today, I want to share with you nine essential truths to keep in mind as we seek to ensure that we've put God first in our lives. As we discuss these nine truths, I pray that each one will resonate deeply within you, guiding your path closer to God's heart. Remember, a life centered around God is not just rewarding. It's the very essence of true fulfillment in your life. Number one. Understand the ultimate priority. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This isn't a mere statement. It's a profound truth. Every day, life presents us with an array of choices. It's like being at a grand buffet with so many dishes to pick from. What do you prioritize? The world offers temporary pleasures, wealth, fame, luxury, and all the material stuff you can think of. But what does God offer? God offers himself, which covers everything. When we prioritize God, we aren't merely adding him to our list. We are placing him at the top by aligning ourselves with God's purpose our entire perspective shifts. Life's challenges, rather than appearing as insurmountable obstacles, become lessons. They evolve into opportunities for growth and self-discovery. And you know what's interesting? When we place God first, everything else falls into place. It's like that void we once had. It's filled, that deep emptiness within us. Like there's something missing, it's gone. Because when we place God first, we begin to find fulfillment in His love and purpose. It's one thing for me to tell you, but my friends, experiencing it for yourself is another thing. It's life-changing in a tangible way. Once you place God first and feel that fulfillment personally, no one can sway your conviction, just like no one can persuade me otherwise because I've felt and seen the power of God at work in my own life and in the lives of others. And that's what makes the Daily Jesus devotional community so unique on this platform. We aren't here for superficial reasons. We are deeply committed to spreading the gospel and transforming lives because we've witnessed God's power firsthand. Our team members have all walked that path and we invite you daily to join us on this life-changing journey towards a deeper connection with God and to live a victorious life. And here's something else to think about. Remember the story of Noah and the ark? God told Noah to build an enormous boat because a flood was coming. People laughed and thought Noah was silly, but Noah listened to God, put him first, and built the ark. When the flood came, Noah and his family were safe. Just like Noah, 
when we listen to God and put Him first. We're protected and guided. Even when things get tough or confusing, having God as our top priority helps us stay strong, hopeful, and filled with peace. So, let's be like Noah and keep choosing God and putting Him first. With God leading the way, our lives are always on the right track. Number two, there is the gravity of idolatry. As the book of Exodus warns us in chapter 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. On the surface, this may sound straightforward. Most of us might say, I don't worship idols, so this doesn't apply to me. But let's dig deeper. Idolatry isn't just about bowing to statues. It's about what occupies the throne of our heart. Is it money? Career? Relationships? Social status? Oftentimes, without even realizing it, these things take God's place in our lives. Every time we prioritize our desires, our fears, or the world's approval over God's voice, we place something else in His rightful position. Sometimes it may be unintentional, but that still doesn't change the reality. It's therefore essential to regularly examine our hearts and realign our priorities. By recognizing and dethroning these idols in our lives, we clear a path for God to take His rightful place. Let's think about the story of Jonah for a moment. Most of us are familiar with this story. Jonah tried to run from God's command, prioritizing his own feelings and fears over God's guidance. He ended up in the belly of a big fish. Yet, in that dark place, Jonah found clarity. He prayed and turned his heart back to God. And God, in his endless mercy, gave Jonah another chance. Just like Jonah, we too can find ourselves in tricky situations when we let other things take the place of God in our lives. But the beautiful thing is that God always gives us a way back. If we take a moment, refocus, and push aside the idols that have crept into our lives, we can begin to experience the joy and peace that comes from truly putting God first. Our God is faithful and full of mercy. After all, as Psalm 37 verse 4 reminds us, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. This Bible verse offers us a promise worth holding on to. Number three, know about the transformative power of divine guidance. Proverbs beautifully echoes this in chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean, not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. This isn't mere advice. It's a life principle. In our journey through life, we often come across crossroads, moments of uncertainty, and periods of darkness. We all do. It's in these moments that our human understanding feels woefully inadequate. But there's a promise awaiting us. We are promised of God's divine guidance. When we fully trust in God and acknowledge Him, He doesn't just enlighten our path. He leads us by the hand. This guidance isn't about merely avoiding pitfalls. It's about being directed towards a life of abundance and purpose. It's about embracing a journey 
where every turn, every twist, and every pause has divine intent behind it. Reflecting on the story of David and Goliath offers profound insight into divine guidance. As a young shepherd boy, David faced the towering giant, Goliath. By human understanding, David had no chance. He was not a trained soldier, and he did not have the size or strength of Goliath. But David wasn't relying on his own understanding. He trusted in the Lord. In the book of 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, with a simple sling and five smooth stones, he confronted the giant, saying, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. With God's guidance, David defeated Goliath and demonstrated that divine guidance and trust in the Lord could overcome even the most insurmountable challenges. This story encourages us to remember that when we trust in God's guidance, when we put God first, we can face our giants, no matter how big they seem. God is always ready to guide us, making our paths straight and leading us to victory. Number four, reordering our priorities is crucial. In Luke 10, verses 41 to 42, we find a lesson on priorities. When Jesus told Martha, 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 you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He was pointing out the essence of priorities. Life is bustling, filled with tasks, responsibilities, and distractions. In the midst of this, it's easy to forget the most crucial aspect, our spiritual well-being. The dishes will always be there. The laundry will pile up again, and the emails will keep coming. But the moments that we spend at the feet of Jesus, those are irreplaceable. It's a lesson for all of us. While we shouldn't neglect our chores and responsibilities, it's vital to ensure they don't overshadow our relationship with God. By regularly reordering our priorities, we ensure a balanced, fulfilling life where both spiritual and worldly responsibilities are harmoniously balanced. Taking a leaf from the book of Psalms, we are reminded in Psalm 46 verse 10, Be still and know that I am God in our fast-paced world. Stillness is often overlooked, yet it's in these quiet moments that we can genuinely connect with God and hear His voice. Think of the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. After witnessing powerful events like fire and earthquake, God's voice came to him, not in the grand spectacles, but in a gentle whisper. This emphasizes the importance of quiet moments away from the clatter and clamor of daily life. By making time for God in our busy schedules, by being still and listening, we give him the space to speak to our hearts and guide us. This doesn't mean quitting our jobs or abandoning our chores. It means setting aside purposeful moments each day, even if it's just a few minutes to sit in his presence. And as we do, our priorities naturally find their rightful order with God at the center. Number five, the joy of a God-centered life. Psalm 16 verse 11 states, You make known to me the path of life. 
In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. How beautiful is that promise. The world offers pleasures. Yes, but they are temporary. They are like bursts of flavor that quickly fade away. God's joy, on the other hand, is eternal. It sustains, strengthens, and renews. A God-centered life is similar to dwelling in a perpetual spring. Even in the midst of challenges, there's an underlying current of joy. This joy isn't rooted in circumstances, but in a deep-seated relationship with the Creator. With God at the center, life becomes an exciting journey filled with wonder, adventure, and profound joy. Reflecting on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we see him proclaiming in Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This purity of heart translates to a life free from the entanglements of worldly distractions and temptations. A heart devoted solely to God. Such a heart sees God, not just in grand miracles, but in everyday moments, the smile of a child, the beauty of a sunset, or the kindness of a stranger. A God-centered life brings clarity, like the clear waters of a still pond. Everything becomes a reflection of God's love and goodness. Every experience, good or bad, is an opportunity to draw closer to Him. And in this closeness, in this intimacy with the divine, we find the deepest and most enduring joy. It's a joy that goes beyond mere happiness. It's a joy that resonates in the depths of one's soul, regardless of what's happening around us. Number six, be confident about God's provision and promise. The promise in Philippians 4 verse 19 is a beacon of hope. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When we prioritize God, it doesn't mean forsaking our needs, desires, or dreams. Rather, it's entrusting them to someone who knows us better than we know ourselves. God's provision isn't about just fulfilling our needs. It's about exceeding them. It's not about giving us what we want, but what we truly need. Imagine a loving father looking at his child. He doesn't just provide for the child's basic needs, but delights in giving gifts, surprises, and blessings. That's how God views us. By placing Him first, we tap into an infinite reservoir of blessings that flow from His throne. Number 7. Know the outcome of a divided heart. James 1 verses 6 to 8 cautions. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Duality is a challenge. Trying to balance between God and the world creates instability, like trying to stand on two boats, drifting in opposite directions. By serving two masters, we become spiritually lukewarm neither here nor there, but by giving God our undivided heart, we find solidity, stability, and purpose. Our choices become clear, our path becomes defined, and our destiny becomes aligned with His perfect will. Number 8. 
Understand life's true purpose. Have you ever grappled with the whole thought of why you are here? Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 sums up the essence of our existence, and it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Amidst the noise of the world, it's easy to lose sight of our true purpose. Are we here just to live, earn, spend, and then fade away? Or is there a higher purpose to our lives, a divine calling? By honoring God and following His commandments, we align ourselves with this higher purpose. Life, then, isn't just about living. It's about thriving. It's about making a difference, touching lives, and leaving a legacy of faith, hope, and love. Embracing this truth brings clarity to our journey in life and adds meaning to every step we take. So remember, we are here to fear God and keep His commandments. And to do this, we have to put God first. Number nine, know about the unmatched reward. Jesus made a profound promise in Mark 10, verses 29 to 30. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. So this isn't a transactional relationship. It's a covenant. When we prioritize God, the rewards aren't just spiritual. They manifest in our everyday lives. We will notice that blessings, favor, open doors, and divine connections become a part of our daily experiences. Above all, the promise of eternal life awaits us. It's an eternity, not just of existence, but of joy, love, and unparalleled communion with God. And does this mean that we won't ever face opposition, discrimination, or persecution because of our faith? No, it doesn't mean that either. Jesus consistently taught that following him might lead to suffering, and this scripture also underscores that message. However, amidst these challenges, when we put God first, we are also assured of victory through Christ who strengthens and uplifts us in every trial. In other words, the enemy won't have the final say. God does. Let us look again at the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. After squandering his inheritance and living a life away from his father, the son decides to return home, expecting rebuke. He is instead met with an overwhelming embrace and celebration from his father. This story illustrates God's grace and the unmatched reward awaiting those who return to him. Just like the father who throws a grand celebration for his returned son, God celebrates each of us. The reward is not based on our worthiness, but on his boundless love. Know that every sacrifice made, every challenge faced in the name of faith, is recognized and rewarded by God. And beyond the material and tangible, there lies the profound peace and joy 
of knowing we are cherished and valued. The rewards God offers aren't just for a moment. They echo into eternity, shaping our existence beyond this life. Now, in Revelation 3 verse 20, God extends an open invitation saying, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. This isn't about a distant God up in the heavens. It's about a loving Father at our doorstep, waiting to be invited in. It's up to us to make that choice, to open our hearts and let Him reign supreme in our lives. Consider this. The beauty of the gospel lies in its power to transform. When we embrace these truths and place God at the pinnacle of our priorities, our lives experience a profound transformation. So if you believe that you have placed God first in your life and there is no positive transformation, you need to do some introspection and ask for God's guidance and always remember to be patient and trust God's timing. By making God our utmost priority, we move from merely going through the motions to living with purpose and intent. And those challenges we encounter, they evolve into opportunities for growth. As for the blessings, expect them to manifest as daily miracles in your life. The promise is clear. Put God first in your life, and your life will undoubtedly never be the same. Now, to all those within the sound of my voice, let us go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me so that you can have all the blessings of this prayer. Let us pray to our gracious and loving God, Everlasting Father, Almighty God. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of heaven and earth. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Lord, I am grateful for your faithful promises, your amazing grace, your everlasting love, and your mercies that endures forevermore. Lord, I thank you for the gift of life, and I thank you for the many blessings you have given to me. Father, I humbly approach your throne of grace, acknowledging my sins my mistakes, and my shortcomings. Forgive me of my trespasses, as I also forgive all those who have trespassed against me. Lord, forgive me for the times I've placed other things above you. For moments, I've let the pleasures of this world distract me from your eternal promises. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare that every chain of idolatry and distraction in my life is broken, and I rebuke every spirit of confusion and worldly temptation that tries to pull me away from your presence by the authority of the blood of Jesus. I claim emotional, physical, and spiritual healing over every part of my being. I declare, in the name of Jesus, that the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead flows through my veins revitalizing and renewing my spirit, mind, and body. Merciful Father, I pray for divine protection over my life 
and the life of my loved ones. Lord, I ask that you command your mighty angels to stand guard around us, shielding us from all harm or evil. Father, you are our provider, and I ask for your abundant blessings to overflow in our lives. May you guide our paths and draw us closer to you. Lord, help us to prioritize you above all things and experience the fullness of joy that only you can give. Father, as I say this prayer, together with everyone listening, I thank you for each heart that is humbled before you right now. For those who are feeling lost, may you be their saving grace and guiding light. For those who are burdened, may your Holy Spirit be their comforter and grant them peace. For those struggling with their priorities, may you grant them the conviction to put you first and the discernment to choose what truly matters. And for those in need of your touch, may you bring them healing, vitality, and restoration. Heavenly Father, we come into agreement as a faith-filled community, and we thank you for the rewards and benefits you have promised us in your word. We ask for the strength and wisdom to always seek your kingdom first, to reorder our priorities, and to embrace the joy and transformation that comes from your divine guidance. Lord, I thank you for hearing and answering my prayer. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray, amen. If you were blessed by this message, type the word amen in the comment section below. I declare that all the blessings of this prayer are now upon you in the name of Jesus. You can help us to reach more persons and spread the gospel. You can do this by sharing the video with a friend or family member who you know needs the blessing of this prayer and by clicking the like button. Also remember to subscribe to the channel for more videos that will bless your heart and uplift your spirit. We appreciate all those who support us. You're blessed to be a blessing. If you have received this prayer and you feel convicted in your heart to take an extra leap of faith, I invite you to say this prayer that you've just prayed for the next seven consecutive days right here on our channel. By praying for the next seven days, you'll amplify your faith and your connection with God. Reinforce God's promises in your heart and ignite divine breakthroughs in your life. On this note, we're delighted to share that many of those who are a part of our Daily Jesus devotional community have been coming forward with some truly touching and inspiring testimonies. Many have experienced God's abundant blessings, breakthroughs, and favor after taking part in our previous seven-day faith-filled challenges. People's lives are changing, and we humbly give God thanks, and we give Him all the glory. And so, we've been encouraged to facilitate even more of these faith-filled challenges. We warmly invite you to visit our channel and commit to saying this prayer that you've prayed today for the next seven consecutive days and watch God work in your life. These are anointed prayers of faith, and so we ask that you open your hearts and expect to see God's mighty hand work wonders in your life. And as you experience His blessings, we would like to hear from you. 
So don't forget to share your testimonies with us, and we know they will be many. Let your testimony be a beacon of hope and encouragement for others. Our God is faithful, and we will continue to trust Him. Please feel free to leave your prayer request in the comments section so that we can present them before God for your blessings and victory. Also, we invite other believers on the YouTube platform and all over the world to join us and start praying for you right now. And we want you to know that even if you don't see a reply to your prayer request, it doesn't mean that you are not prayed for. Rest assured that we are actively lifting up each request to God that is in accordance with His will. We believe in the power of prayer to bring comfort, healing, and guidance in accordance with God's perfect plan. Stand in faith with us while we pray. To God be all the glory. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.
happened to go to a church service, and on a Sunday I was sitting in the back, and I'll never forget it. There's this pastor, his name is Joey, and uh, he was preaching out of Psalms chapter 1. And if you read Psalm chapter 1, it, uh, it says this, and it goes, Oh, the joy of those who are righteous. Oh, the joy of those who are well, the Lord's pretty much. And he was preaching on it, and it says, But the wicked, the wicked, they hang out with other wicked people. They sit with them, they stand, they talk. And then he was talking about how, aren't you missing your father? And I just remember as Pastor Joey, as he was praying, I was sitting in the back. And the best way that I could describe it is I just started missing God. I really just started to miss him. And then the pastor comes and he makes a beeline to me. And he grabs me and he goes, RJ, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, it's going good. Fire. I'm totally lying. He's all, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm good. Fire. And then he asked me a third time and he said, RJ, how are you doing? And then I just broke down. Well, what happened? Maybe I didn't get the whole thing. I thought I did. I happened to go to a church service, and on a Sunday I was sitting in the back, and I'll never forget it. There's this pastor. His name is Joey. And uh, he was preaching out of Psalms chapter 1. And if you read Psalm chapter 1, it, uh, it says this, and it goes, Oh, the joy of those who are righteous. Oh, the joy of those who are well, the Lord's pretty much. And he was preaching on it. And it says, But the wicked, the wicked, they hang out with other wicked people. They sit with them. They stand. They talk. And then he was talking about how, Aren't you missing your father? And I just remember... As Pastor Joey, as he was praying, I was sitting in the back, and the best way that I could describe it is I just started missing God. I really just started to miss Him. And then the pastor comes and he makes a beeline to me, and he grabs me and he goes, RJ, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, it's going good. Fire. I'm totally lying. He's all, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm good, you know, I'm good. Fire. And then he asked me a third time, and he said, RJ, how are you doing? And then I just broke down. Yeah, something happened. I didn't get the whole message. Okay, y'all know how I roll. Some days I mess it up. Okay, let's go to the word for the day with Pastor Terry K. Anderson. He's still working on me. Yeah, he's still working on me. So that's the title of this message. Let's take a listen. We've come all the way from the other side of town to share with you tonight. And there are some Lily Grove people in here tonight other than our magnificent choir and uh, our ultimate ushers who are here tonight. There are some other members of Lily Grove who are here. Would you raise your hand so I can see who you are? Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for your presence. I want these people at the church at without walls to know that if you don't start nothing, it, it, it won't be nothing. Uh, everybody not saved at Lily Grove. <laughs> so, you all better try to hush your mouth. There's a word I want to lift in your hearing found in Philippians at chapter number 1 and verse number 6. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Do I look pretty on this thing over here? <laughs> I just want to I want to know if my hair laying down. From the modern English translation, 
I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you. You may have your seat. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. I want to thank my television members for watching at 6 o'clock in the morning. You don't have time to watch your service. You, you, have to watch, you have to watch me preach and then get ready to go to church here at the Church Without Walls. So you miss your pastor's preaching at, at 6.30. So thank you for tuning in to the real preaching on Sunday morning. I really, I really want you to know I appreciate that. I want to call this sermon tonight, He's Still Working on Me. He's Still Working on Me. I wonder how many of us tonight will honestly admit that we are a work in progress. I'm, I'm not all that I ought to be. But I thank God I'm not what I used to be. He's still working on me. Paul greets these Philippian believers with a prayer of, of thanksgiving. He is thankful upon the slightest remembrance of them. These people who had proven to be a very special blessing to Paul in his ministry in the gospel. Paul takes the time to, to tell them how much he appreciates their friendship. He appreciates how they have ministered to him. They sent an offering to him. They have met his needs. And so he writes them a, a thank you note and sends it by his emissary, Epaphroditus, to tell them how much he appreciates having them in his life. Brothers and sisters, tonight it's important to let people know when they've been a blessing to you. You ought not wait. You ought not let a moment pass. You ought not let a day go by. If there's somebody who has shown you a kindness, if there's somebody who has meant much in your spiritual maturation, if there's been somebody who's given you a helping hand, who's done something for you that they didn't have to do, somebody who has gone out of their way to be kind to you, you ought to say thank you to them while they can hear it. I remember when Hurricane Katrina struck, some people from New Orleans came to live at my house. Uh, Reverend Freddie Dunn, who's going to be with the Lord, his, his wife, Sister Ruth Dunn, and two of her daughters, and uh, Miss Precious Clark and two of her daughters, six women came to live in my home. And they stayed with me. And uh, Mrs. Dunn, when they were getting ready to leave, they stayed from September almost to the end of October. And when they were getting ready to leave, Mrs. Dunn called me in the den where she was and put both her hands on my shoulders and she said, Terry, look at me in my eyes. She said, everything that 
I own in this world is 10 feet underwater. My mink coats, my, my purses, my shoes, my clothes, everything I have is 10 feet underwater. She said, we called and asked, could we come over here and stay with you until we could get back to New Orleans? And without hesitation, you let us come to live in your home. She said, everything I have is gone. She said, you and your sister Gwen, we didn't have clothes to wear. We didn't have food. We couldn't even get money out of the bank because all of the banks in New Orleans were closed and all of our records were underwater. You fed us and you brought, bought clothes for us. She said, I'm probably going to get to heaven before you. She said, I'm going to see my husband. I'm going to see your mother and father. But more than that, I'm going to see Jesus. And I'm going to tell him how you treated me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was outdoors and you took me in. I was hungry and you fed me. And it wasn't many days after that, after she left, that Sister Dunn went to be with the Lord. But she expressed to me how much she appreciated what I had done for her. And when I go home to Louisiana, where I'm from, I, I visit mostly graves now because just about all my people are gone. But I walk around those graves in the cemetery and verbally say thank you to those old people who meant much in my growing up years. Because I can scarcely think of where or who I would be right now if somebody had not gone out of their way to be kind to me. Paul takes the time to write this letter to them. He says, every time I think about it, every time you run across my mind, every time I remember you, I give you thanks. I give God thanks for you, for, for your labor, for how you work with me in the gospel ministry. And then Paul encourages them in verse number 6. He says, I am confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perfect it, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want you to look with me, brothers and sisters. Walk with me around the text. And I want you to look with me, first of all, at the confidence that belongs to the saints. The confidence that belongs to the saints. Paul uses a strong word to describe the hope that he has in Jesus Christ. The verb confident is in the perfect tense, and it actually refers to a settled persuasion of mind that was the continuing result, a result of a crisis in the past that God has made future and given you hope in the present. Paul is saying to these believers, he's exalting the fact that the saints can have an absolute assurance that they are saved without a doubt. He wishes to emphasize, brothers and sisters, that his certainty is grounded on God's creative and God's sustaining activity. The Bible literally overflows with verses that tell the believer that we can know for sure that we are saved. Tonight, I'm confident. I'm not diffident. I'm not equivocating. I'm not nervous. I'm not unsure. I am confident that he who has begun a good work will complete it 
until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm not guessing about my salvation. I know that if I don't wake up in the morning, when I open my eyes, I'm going to see Jesus Christ. I know that there is a poem waiting for me on the other side. I know that. I'm confident. I am assured, and I don't have any doubt that I'm saved. And I need to say to somebody in here tonight, people ought to guess how old you are. People ought to guess how much you weigh. But they ought not have to guess if you've been born again. You ought to be confident. You're not looking at nobody. You don't care what anybody says after church is over. If God has been good to you, if God has opened a door for you, if God has made a way for you, if God has written your name in the Lamb's book of life, whatever it takes to express how glad you are that you know that you're saved, don't care who you're sitting by, I don't care what they think, if God has saved you, be confident that he who has begun a good work will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you've traveled on our side of town, um, on 288 right around Blodgett and Southmore, if you're using your cell phone, if you're on 288 at Blodgett and Southmore, uh, there's a dead spot in that area. And uh, if you're talking on the phone or uh, got your Bluetooth in, your, your call will drop uh, because that's a dead spot right there on 288 at, at Blodgett and Southmore. Uh, tonight, in the Church Without Walls, uh, it may be a dead spot where you're sitting. You're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and somebody next to you might say, it don't take all of that. You, you don't have to do all of that. You don't have to make all that noise. The man ain't said nothing yet, and you hollering and screaming. He haven't gotten to the end yet, and you making all that noise. You might be in a dead spot right in this church tonight, but you have my permission in the middle of this message to get up from where you're seated, get away from them dead people, and find somebody who is confident, sure without a doubt, that he who has begun a good work will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The Bible is running over with verses to give us confidence. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 1 John 5 and 13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that you have eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Yes, All things are passing away and behold, all things are become new. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, uh -huh. we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Yes, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I will let nothing separate me from the love of God. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to those who are recalled according to his purpose. I am confident that he who has begun a good work will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it is not my grip on God, but it is God's grip on me that makes the difference in my salvation. I am not confident in my goodness. I am not confident in my character. I am not confident in my history. I am not confident in my ability to persevere. But I am confident in God. Uh, one of my favorite hymns is Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation. I'm purchased by God, born of his spirit and washed in his blood. Perfect submission. All is at rest. I, in my Savior, am happy and blessed. I'm watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song. I'm praising my Savior all the day long. I am confident that he who has begun a good work will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm not nervous about it. I'm not iffy about it. I don't always look saved. I don't always act saved. I don't always sound saved. I don't always feel saved. But thank God my salvation is not based on how I sound, how I feel, how I look. My salvation is based on the fact that Christ died to set me free. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get through with this so I can go fellowship with with, with my young friend Ralph. Um, but let me make you blush here at the church without walls like they blushed at Lily Grove. Every sin I ever committed, I enjoy. Come on, help me, brethren. Because it doesn't make sense to sin if you're not going to enjoy it. I, I started preaching at 18, pastoring at 20. I never had a young adult life, so I had to do all my sinning in church. Somebody ought to help me preach here. Uh, 
I had to do all my sinning in church. I've never been to clubs. I've never smoked dope. I've never been drunk. I've never liked to be out of control of my environment. And so I've always been in control of myself. So I never got a chance to do a whole lot of young adult things. And I envy that. I wish I would have had an opportunity to do that. But, but I've, I've been a preacher just about all of my life. Longer than I haven't been, I've been a preacher. I've been a pastor longer than I haven't been. And every sin I committed in church, I enjoyed. Now, just like I enjoyed myself in my sin, I enjoy myself in my salvation. And I am not about to let you or anybody else dictate to me how I ought to thank God for my salvation. I wish I had one or two more believers here. If you don't like the noise I'm making, go sit somewhere else. If me waving my hand is getting on your nerves, find you a dead spot to sit in. But I've come here tonight on purpose to tell God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you for going to the cross, dying in my... He took my place. And I came here tonight on purpose to give God my best hallelujah. My best thank you, Jesus. My best praise the Lord. I am confident that he who has begun a good work will complete it, will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's the confidence of the saints. But the confidence of the saints, brothers and sisters, is based on the commitment of the Savior. It's right here in the text. I'm confident of this very thing, that he, Jesus, who has begun a good work in me, we all know, what God did for us the day he saved us. But what we fail, what we fail, brothers and sisters, to consider is the fact that our salvation began long before we realized it. As much as I shout over the fact of Christ going to the cross and dying in my place at a spatio-temporal time and relationship in the universe, as much as I celebrate what he did on the cross, I celebrate even more that he did it before I even knew it. He saved me before I knew I needed to be saved. Let me see if I can help us with that. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. He chose us in Christ and prepared a Savior for us before the world was even framed. Listen, the very faith we needed to trust in him, he provided. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace, come on, help me quote it here, are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. 
not of works, lest any man should boast. Our good works have not resulted in salvation, but rather our good works come from salvation. You cannot work your way to heaven. You can never be good enough because when will you know when you're good enough? You can't sing enough. You can't pray enough. You can't preach enough. Salvation is all grace. It's the gift of God lest any man should boast. Uh, our good works don't, 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 don't save us, but we work because we have been saved. Uh, brothers and sisters, the same God who began this good work is able to perform it. Uh, he will bring it to an end. This God of ours is able to complete it. He's able to accomplish it. And if we trust him, he will keep us until the day of redemption. He's faithful to his promises and he's faithful to his purposes. F.B. Meyer says, we are sure that the work which his grace has begun, the arm of his strength will complete. Let me run that by you one more time. F.B. Meyer says, we are sure that the work which his grace has begun, the arm of his strength will complete. The Holy Spirit never loses sight of the end of his work. His work will not end until he has made us just like Jesus. He will continue working on us until he has made us presentable enough to pass with praise through the final test of judgment and fit to walk into the presence of God and stand by Jesus, whom God sent to save us, so that when we walk with Jesus in heaven, the angels won't be able to tell the difference. Uh, brothers and sisters, Jude says it like this. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy. You're here tonight not because you've been dieting and exercising. You're here tonight not because you've been going to the doctor and following your prescription. You're here tonight not because you read the Bible and you've kept the Lord's commandments so closely. Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit, is just able to keep us and to present us faultless even in our sinful flesh. Now let me help somebody tonight. My born again soul will never die nor ever sin. But I sin in my flesh every day. Talk back to me if you can. Uh, to, you, to you here who are so holy that, that you answer your phone, praise the Lord. And, and you too blessed to be stressed. And you blessed and highly favored. 
and, and come on, talk back to me if you can. You, you, you know some people like that. You, you hate to talk to them because they're so ultra-spiritual that if they take their coat off or their dress, you can see their wings because they, they are so pure and so chaste. But there are some of us in here, about three or four hundred of us in here, who don't mind testifying that some days I get up on the wrong side of the bed. Sometimes I'm just full of hell. I don't want to talk. I don't want to speak. I don't want to do right. I know what right is. I don't want to do what the Bible says. I don't want to live right. But then the Holy Spirit constrains us and brings us back to our senses because in our flesh we sin, but thank God His Spirit keeps us that when we get to church, He revives our soul again. I, I can't testify for you. I can only be a witness for myself. But I need the Lord every day. I need Him to keep my mind, to keep my heart. I wish I had two or three witnesses here. I, I, I want the Lord to keep on working on me. And I want you Christians here to be patient with me. Uh, God ain't through with me yet. Uh, be patient. Listen, whenever you see a person fall, don't judge him because you don't know how long he tried to stand. And maybe had you been walking in his shoes, you might have fallen a long time before. Somebody going to help me preach it. Uh, every time you point the finger at somebody, the scripture says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye who are spiritual, restore him in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you be overtaken in the same fault. My salvation ain't based on what I do. It's based on what's already been done for me. Christ did it for me. Christ died for me. And his commitment to me keeps me saved. That's the confidence that the saint has. Based on the commitment of the Savior. Finally broadened by the comfort given to us in the scriptures. Our brothers and sisters hear me. There is comfort in knowing that this earthly life will not last forever. There is coming a day when the saints of God will leave this world with all of its pitfalls, all of its hardships, all of its sorrows. All of this will be over after a while. You here who are over 50, it helped me and Ralph to testify. Uh, I remember when our hair was black, when we were slender and good looking, b before y'all wore all the pretty off of us, when we were young and, and vibrant, full of life and energy. But now Ralph and I and many of you in here tonight are over 50, and you can help me testify that um, when you get over 50, when you wake up in the morning, you sound like a bowl of Rice Krispies. 
snap, crackle, and pop. If it ain't your shoulder, it's your knee. If it's not your knee, it's your elbow. Somebody ought to help me talk here. You get out of the bed and stand up on your feet, and your feet hurting, and you ain't walked on them all night. I need somebody over 50 to help me shout here. You're looking for your car keys, and they're in your hand. You're looking for your eyeglasses, and you got them on. You go in the room and say, what in the blank did I just go in here for? Somebody ought to help me talk here. Um, because uh, there's a leak in this building. Somebody's going to help me close here in a minute. And sooner or later, my soul has got to move. I wish I had one or two witnesses here. Uh, I get tired of ugly words from people at the church. Uh, come on, talk back to me. Some of the most hurtful things that have ever been said about you and I have been said by people who go to church. Some of the meanest people in Houston belong to the church without walls. Some of the nastiest people in Texas sing in the choir at Lily Grove. Some of the ugliest acting people in the world go to church every Sunday morning. If there was such a thing as a bus loading up to go to hell, it could pick up its first load at the church. I get tired of folk lying on me. I get tired of folk criticizing me. I'm doing the best I can and they don't appreciate it. Somebody ought to help me talk here. I'm giving God my best sermon and they say he could have done better than that. You sing your best song and they say that was too loud. You could have toned it down. You come to church and just try to give God glory. You've had hell all the week long. Hell in your family, mess on your job, a no good supervisor, a silly child, a crazy husband or wife. Don't you get tired of that? Sickness, stress, heart attacks, struggle. Strain. Don't you get sick of that? Medicine. IVs. Shots. Doctor's appointments. Funeral homes. Graveyards. I'm getting tired of that. Young man, pastor talked about a moment ago, shot by some fool here in Houston for no good reason. I saw on the news this morning two young babies burned. One of them was burned, left in the house by a mother and a father. Another child was beaten to death, two years old. I'm tired of that. I'm sick of women being raped and, and young children being sexually assaulted. I'm sick of blacks being beaten up and shot by the policemen. I'm tired of white folks walking all over us and Negroes walking all over us. Somebody ought to help me talk here. Because sometimes the problem ain't coming from the outside. The problem is in our own house. I'm tired of that. I'm sick of the world and the mess that it's become. But one of these days, I am confident 
that he who has begun a good work in me will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm going to my seat now. But that day of Jesus Christ is not talking about judgment because my judgment was handled at Calvary. I need somebody to help me close right here. When I stand before God, brothers and sisters, I'm going to be confident. Not in my history, not in my goodness, but confident that what Jesus did once and for all will take me before the Father without a spot or a blemish. I need somebody to help me close right here. I know that one day when I stand before God, it won't be because of the sins that I committed. Because he nailed my sins to the cross. The handwritten ordinances, Colossians says, that were against me, he nailed them to the cross. And the hammer he used doesn't have a claw on the end of it so that you can take those sins off the cross because he will never judge me again for sin because that would be double jeopardy. In the court of law, you can't be tried twice for the same crime. That's double jeopardy. When I stand before God, it's not going to be about my sins because Jesus paid for my sins on the cross. But when I stand before God, it's going to be to get my reward because I've borne my burden in the heat of the day. I've worked in the church all of my life. I've given God my best service. I've tried to live a Christian life. I've tried to be a godly preacher and pastor. I've made some mistakes. I've done some things right and I've done some things wrong. But I still thank God that he called me. I still thank God that he saved me. I still thank God that every Sunday he's pleased to use me. I'm not all that I ought to be. And I'm not yet what I'm going to be. But I thank God I'm not what I used to be. Some of you who was raised in the church, uh, I need somebody who was raised in the church who remember when those old deacons would get on their knees and we would go home and pray just like we heard them pray because they would pray the same prayer every morning. I wish I had somebody who was raised in the church who can help me close right here. They said, now Lord, here I am, knee bent, and body bowed with my face bowed to the mother's dust and my heart lifted to the throne of grace thank you that the bed I laid in was not my cooling bowl I wish I had somebody raised in the church and the kibbles that I laid in was not my winding sheet thank you for a reasonable portion of my health and strength Thank you that when I woke up this morning, you touched me with a finger of love and my eyes sprang wide open and I beheld a brand new day, a day that I'd never seen before and a day that I'll never see again. And we used to laugh at those prayers and we used to go home and mock them for those prayers. But now that some of us are over 50, we get down on our knees and say, now, Lord, I want to thank you that the bed I laid in was not my cooling bowl. I want to thank you for a reasonable portion 
of my health and strength. Is there anybody here? No trouble don't last always. It's a mess in this world right now, but I'm going home to be with the Lord. That's trouble all over Houston right now. But there's a bright side somewhere. There's strife in your family. There's hurt in your relationships. But after a while, it's all going to be over. The scripture gives us the assurance that we know that when this earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved, we have another building. A house not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. You're going to help me close this, won't you? Let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come again and receive you under myself. You're going to help me close this, won't you? Soon I will be done with the troubles of this world. I'm going home to live with God. Is there anybody here confident tonight that he who began a good work will complete it? Until the day of Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here? Know that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. If the Lord's been good to you. And you don't mind testifying. If God has opened the door for you. And you don't care who's looking at you. If God has made a way for you. And you're not embarrassed to testify. Why don't you grab somebody? Why don't you shake somebody's hand? Tell them, I know, I know in whom I believe. And he's able to keep that. Come on, tell somebody else. He's able to keep that which I've committed unto him. You're going to help me talk about him, won't you? I haven't called his name too much. But let me call his name before I take my seat right now. I haven't said his name too much. But I feel like calling his name right now. Y'all going to help me call his name. I feel like calling his name. He's Adam's redeemer. He's Abel's vindicator. He's Abraham's sacrifice. He's Noah's ark. He's Moses' bush on fire. Y'all know him, don't you? He's Joshua's battle axe. He's Gideon's fleece. He's Samson's power. He's David's music. He's Solomon's wisdom. Y'all know him, don't you? He's God's only son. He's Mary's baby boy. He's James and Jude's older brother. He's Matthew's king. Mark's suffering servant. Luke's great physician. John's word made flesh. Acts coming of the Holy Ghost. The only begotten of the Father. Y'all know him, don't you? He's a rock in a weary land. He's a shelter in a time of storm. He's a friend when you're friendly. Bread when you're hungry. Water when you're thirsty. Why don't you grab somebody? 
Why don't you hug your neighbor? Tell him I know him for myself. I know him. I know him. I know him. without walls. I got to tell you my testimony one more time. The doctor said I'd be dead in two hours. That was three years ago. And he said if I live, I'd have to go in a nursing home. But here I am tonight, clothed and in my right mind with a reasonable portion of my health and strength. And if you don't mind... Help me tell God thank you. Come on, tell him thank you. Like thank you for all you've done for me. Thank you for the many ways you've made. Thank you for the many doors you've opened. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. next song is a favorite of mine because I stop and think of why I love Jesus. And the first thing that comes to mind is I love him because he first loved me. I love him because he looked beyond my faults and he sees all of my needs. I love him because, in spite of Edward, he still loves me. I love him because he meets every need. And not only the need, but he supplies and gives me my heart's desire. Thanks, you know, a lot of things we don't even need. We don't even need them, but just because we want them, God gives them to us. Hallelujah. Pray for us as we come with, Lord, I love you.
Spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah, Pastor Terry K. Anderson this morning. And I thank God for his word today. We want to say welcome to Jesus in the Morning. I'm your host, Evangelist Barbara Pittman of Freedom Doors Ministries. And I come to you live each weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today is January the 12th. Look at this. We're one month and 12 days into this new year of 2024. And we tell God, thank you. Thank you for his word. Thank him for all he has done for us already. Some didn't make it this far. Yeah, they didn't make it to the 12th day. Some didn't make it into 2024. But we thank God we did. And we have another opportunity. Another chance to get it right with him today. And I tell you, he is faithful. And even when you don't have uh, thoughts about anything, really, you just maybe just chilling. And your thoughts are not on no particular thing. He'll step right in and show you something. And when you obey him, he'll step in and bless you uncommonly. Listen, yesterday I had to get some business straight over there, Sister Dot. With uh, Social Security. Y'all know I'm retired and things. I like all that. Got to carry it on. Retired. Yeah. And uh, it's cold, freezing cold. I don't have to go out in the cold. I don't have to punch a clock no more. God has blessed me. It don't make me rich now. Don't get it twisted this morning. I'm not rich, but I'm well provided for by almighty God who have all power. So look at this. I called to get my business fixed, Sister Dot. And uh, Sister LaShawn answers the phone because she worked for Social Security, been there a long time. And I, even when she was in Georgia, she was, yet, you know, working for Social Security. She come back to Florida, and I went back to a job and everything. So and she asked me for my information. I'm giving my name and address. She asked me for the phone number. I give her the phone number. She said, is this Evangelist Pittman? I said, yes, it is. She said, oh, my goodness, you'll never guess who this is. And I listened a little closer, closer. I said, LaShawn, <laughs> she yes, ma'am, and we went from there. And then I was telling her about another time, this has been a few years ago, I had to come in. The line was so long, but I finally got to see somebody. And when I got to see the lady, uh, she saw paparazzi, and we began to have church. And she went and looked at my account, Sister Doc. She said, oh, you you do this little money right here. I'm going to put that in there. Oh, go on, sister. Go on and find what I'm supposed to have and give me me. And so she said, oh, I know who that was. That was Miss So-and-so. I'm going to text you her number, and that way you can call. I said, yeah, because I had a cell number, but I can't remember exactly what I did with it. Because, you know, a lot of times so much is going on with me, writing down numbers and uh, writing messages. It's just it's everywhere. And so I couldn't find hers. But yesterday, uh, LaShawn is going to make sure I get it. And so I'm thankful unto the Lord. But look at what's the likelihood of that. And to be honest with you, I really wasn't feeling up to doing all of that. But I knew I had to get my business taken care of. And I really wasn't in the mood at the time to really talk to nobody. I'm just honest. And here come LaShawn. 
I feel like I've known LaShawn all my life. She wrote a book, and she's been to the show and talked about a book and everything. But uh, I've known LaShawn quite a while. And so we tell God, thank you for all he does for us. Listen, unexpected blessings. And I, 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 I want to share this. Then when I look back, because I went back and took some accounts to check things, and when I went back in there, she had blessed me. Didn't say a word. Well, evangelist, I'm going to do this. Didn't say one word, just went on and did it. I told the Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. Because you can't see who it's from or nothing like that. It's just the way she did it. I said, well, look at it. If you think I don't know it was you, only two people know this business. You and Shantae. Y'all only two know this business. So it wasn't Shantae, so it had to be you. But God is faithful to his people. And when we make our mind up to obey him, walk in the spirit and not in our flesh, when we make our mind up to keep our minds on him, yeah, when we seek him about everything, Lord, I don't know what to do today. I don't know. I, I don't know even how I'm feeling today. But God, if it be your will, use me in your service to bless your people. Yeah. Use me, Lord. I even had a daughter to call me yesterday. I really wasn't in the mood for her, but I had to sit in here about my grandson getting ready to graduate, and then my granddaughter, one year under him, will graduate next year, and I get to hear about all the college plans. I was not in the mood, <laughs> but I sat there, and I listened closely and uh, absorbed what she told me and everything, and I'm good. And then I was really ready to get off the phone. And she said, well, Mama, I, I'm, I'm doing laundry. I'm going to call you back. I said, thank you, Jesus. To myself, you know, yeah, you do that. And she hang up. I was happy. Because sometimes we are in some other places. I heard Terry Anderson say he'll wake up, as they say, on the wrong side of the bed. Now, that's not me. I don't wake up on the wrong side of the bed. That's not me. I wake up with my mind on him when I realize I'm awake. I put my mind on him, telling telling him thank you for waking me up and thank you for another day. Thank you for my life, my health, and my strength. I'm not going to say I got a portion. I got all of it. Then my day starts. Now, throughout the day, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in this day because he made it and it's a good day. But the things that come along during the day sometimes are not so good, but I yet can tell him thank you because I don't have to lean on my own understanding. I can acknowledge him and he'll direct the path on whatever needs to be done, but I got to go to him for everything. And so I'm thankful about that because he don't have to bear the cross alone and all the world go free. I know there's a cross for everyone, and I remember daily there's a cross for me, and I'm thankful unto him this morning. Hallelujah. I sit around some days and I think, Lord, am I going back with you? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I who I'm, I'm saying that I am? Am I who I think I am in you? And don't you know God will show up and show you? What you feel, and that's not about it. Your life is hid in me. Hallelujah. Yeah, you gave me your will a long time ago. I heard you when you said, Lord, I give you my will. Strengthen me as my will become your will and I obey what your will is in my life. Oh, yeah, he's that kind of God. 
and he's on our side today in spite of us. He's looking beyond our fault and yet meeting our needs. Some days we go through some things on the job. Ooh, and let me tell you, when that flesh is involved, let me tell you about that flesh. It's an ugly rascal. That flesh will tell you, look at what they did to you in front of everybody. They called that meeting and had you in it and put you on display. See, because you thought, everybody thought you was all that in a bag of donuts. You was full of yourself because folks was walking around patting you on the back. And as soon as you turn, they say, oh, I'm sick of her too. I'm sick of him. He, he ain't all that. There's some lying going on in there. Oh, and they crazy too. I'm going to stay away from them. But every time they see you, ki, 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 ha, ha, ha. I'm just telling you. So when you find out you weren't who you thought you were to everybody, your flesh will kick in. I know about this kind of thing. I was on the job with a man who was my friend. Yes, he was. And when he would get with other friends, it would appear that I'm the lowest one on the totem pole. That wasn't what it was. It was I was the strongest one <laughs> on the totem pole. He didn't have to give me all that attention because I knew who I was and I was all of that. <laughs> Please believe me. So he didn't have to uh, keep saying nothing to me, include me in the conversation. I was automatically included because he was talking about us, he and I. But to these other people, he had to present to them yeah, some attention. And see, many times we get it twisted. We think it is one way when it's another. But the scripture told us, don't think more of yourself than you ought to. I know I'm strong-minded because I'm a leader. It was never for me to follow nobody. So I have to be careful even in that. And I have to keep a humble spirit. Now, when the devil show up, I'm not so humble. And, and some people say, oh, I thought you. No, the devil done showed up. I'm never humble to the devil. Now, when the Lord show up, oh, humble is a lamb. I bow down. But when that devil show up, I don't bow down to nothing. Mm-mm. I don't have to. Don't come talking crazy to me and acting crazy. Because I want to give you something you can feel, Satan. You using them, huh? <laughs> And I'm going to show you what I do to them you use because they're allowing you to use them. They didn't take their mind back to the things of God. They're allowing their flesh to allow you to use them, and this is what I got for them. Oh, yeah. And somebody said, oh, no, that ain't, that's not the way to preach. Oh, yeah, that's the way God and women do it. We don't bow down to the devil. We stand up. We bow down only to humble before God and unto him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Because I, I can't I can't do what the uh world does when it comes to the devil. They they bow down. And don't let nobody say nothing about them. Oh, they lose their mind. And don't let them think that somebody thinks something about them, they lose their mind. I'm not that way. I can't help what you say. I'm running up the king's highway. And I'm running this race with patience. Say what you got to say about me. Think what you got to think about me. But know this. When the road is called up yonder, I'll be there. That's all I need you to know. Yeah. I need you to know when he come back, I'm come going back with him. But before that, I'm going to help him judge the world. 
It's my purpose because I want to keep my mind on him. I want to keep my mind on the things of him. And don't let the flesh trick me out of nothing. And don't let the devil talk to the flesh to trick me out of nothing. I want all my blessings. I want to be in my mansion just over the hill. I want to walk on the streets of gold. I don't want gold before, but I want to walk on the streets. Hallelujah. I want my long white robe. Say what you got to say about it. A land flowing with milk and honey. Huh? Good things is what he's talking about. And I want to be partaker. Heaven is a special place. Not any and every old body can get there. But I'm making plans. As Milton Brunson say, I'm getting my business fixed with Almighty God so that I can see him for myself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's did some stuff for us right here that we can endure through the earth because we are in the world, but we are not of it. So he has given us, a, he gave us his spirit. He gave us faith. Yeah. Gave us the ability to trust him. He even gave us the ability to cry out to him. You can cry real tears to the Lord. And I promise you, he hear every tear you cry. Sometimes you can't say a word. You can only uh, show God what's in your heart. And he see what's in the heart because that's what God, not your sins and, 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 and what your, no, that's not what he, he the work I do, it's as filthy rags. But guess what? What's in my heart is what he sees. And he see my heart is truly for his people. You hear me say some of the same things over and over again because somebody didn't get it. Somebody need to be reminded. Hallelujah. But he's looking at the very intent of your heart. And that's what he worked with you on. What's in your heart. That's why our lips and our heart must line up together. What I say must come from my heart. I can't be fake. I don't want to be fake. As a matter of fact, I'm too open because I, I really don't I kind of know how to be fake like that. I got to give it to you raw and real. It is what it is. All the makeup, the put up, the cover up, I can't do it. I just got to come straight. Mm-hmm. And listen, if I know there are some things that will offend you, but it's not offending God, I can't do that before you. Because it will offend you. But me and God, we got it worked out. Oh, thank you today. I'm glad he's not like man. Are you not glad he's like man? Because man would have been killed you long time ago and me too. He would have been buried us a long time ago. We would have been condemned and he'd have hung us upside down on the cross. Because that's the way man is. He he don't have no pity for what he don't like. I'm to my church folks included, honey. I got to tell you what God say, which is the truth, because he knows. But me judging you, me coming against you, that, that's not me. I, I really, if I'm honest, could care less. I got my own battle to fight. I got to grow in my own faith. I got to keep trying to trust God a little bit more. Yeah. I got to run this race with patience. And sometimes the spirit of anxiety come in there and it want me to be anxious. I got to battle that because his word said be anxious for nothing. I got to have patience. I got to let patience have her good work. So I ain't got time to fool with your stuff. I can pray for you. 
I can call out to the Lord to deliver you. But as far as me talking about you or coming against you because of something you're battling with, no, that's not me. Again, I promise you, I could care less. But the love of God, hallelujah. The love of God make me pay attention. Yeah. I know people may say, oh, oh she against homosexuals. She, I don't have nothing to do with that. You got your own mind. Make your own decisions. And whatever you come up with, that's between you and God. I'm just not partaker. That, that's just not my baby. Ever since I was a little girl, <laughs> I'm sorry to hit it for you, CR. I always liked men, and I knew this from my early childhood. Boys, I did it was all right. But men, I was all about the man's. All about the man's. So I don't, I don't have no problem with whatever anybody else got, you know, what they do. That's your business. If I believe God said it's wrong, I'm going to tell you. If I believe God said it's wrong and you appear not to be able uh, to be delivered, I'll, I'll keep you on the altar before God. Yeah, that's all. And love you. I can remember one time I was in a store and this guy was in there and he had the, the wig on and everything, you know, uh, semi-dressed in drag, they call it, you know, half man, half woman. And I was back looking at some rugs and things and he came back there. And when he saw me, he looked me up and down and I could see he didn't know whether, you know, I was a friendly woman or crazy. So he was kind of cautious. So I looked at him. I said, isn't this pretty right here, you know? He said, oh, yeah, I like that. I said, what you think other colors will go with this? Look, me and him <laughs> up and down the aisles looking at rugs and what matches and what colors. I gave him a card to the show. Yeah, because I wanted him to know for God is love. No matter what your choice in life is, I can't come against you, brother. And I don't have no hate, no no bad, no nothing, no judgment on you, none of that. That's not my business. Y'all heard the people say, stay in your lane. And I'm going to stay in mine and give God his business. God made you for his pleasure, whatever your preferences is. And I can't judge you off of your sexual preference. No, that's not what I can do. I can judge you off your behavior, how you treat me and others. But who you choose to be with, that's not my business. I promise you it's not. Yeah. And so we thank God in this new year. Hallelujah. We're being blessed. Look at us. Yeah. When I look back and see where God brought me from, and, and I see where I am, January the 12th, 2024, all I can do is tell him thank you. I'm not rich. I don't have all that. I don't live in the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. I don't drive the Bentley. I don't drive a Beamer. I love a Rolls Royce, but I don't have one. So where I am and what he gave me, I tell him thank you. And I'm joyful. I'm happy. I'm blessed. Yeah, I yet got a ways to go in him. So I'm yet striving for perfection this day. I just felt like testifying this morning here. Because he has been good to me. The songwriter said it the best. Please be patient with me, uh, 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 Pastor Terry K. Anderson. God is not through with me yet. Now, when he get through with me, or it'll be a horse of a different color. But until 
he get through with me, I yet have to strive for perfection. I yet have to pray. I got a prayer life. I yet have to study his word. I have a Bible study life. I yet have to love those that appear to be unlovable. I yet have to love my enemies. Huh? I yet have to talk of his wondrous works and make known his deeds among the people. Oh, yeah, the work is not done. I yet have to go in places where I normally wouldn't go. But because he sent me, I got to go do the will of him that sent me. Huh? It's all right. It's more than in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, because I believe time is winding up. And if it's not the natural time of the world and things, it's my time is winding up. How about that? I'm getting old every day. May go to sleep and not wake up. I don't know how he's calling me. But however it is, as long as it's him, I'm sleeping in him, I'm good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like him. Who our life is hid in the son of the true and living God. Can you can you just think on that for a minute? You, you, your life is not your own. You don't have to control nothing really but your thoughts. Because you're in him and he's in you. I, I, I'm talking about the true and living God that have all power. His spirit lives in you. And if you can tune into his spirit and let his spirit have his way in you, acknowledge him in all your ways, guess what? The spirit of God will direct your path for his name's sake. His name is on it. It's going to turn out real good, better than good. Oh, I feel all right. Somebody say, I feel like praising him. Somebody else said, I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Yeah, they got a message. The Holy Ghost told them everything going to be. Jesus told them everything is going to be all right. Yeah. And and, and look here, we, we shouldn't have no enemies. You're going to have some, but you shouldn't even know them. They got time. You're loving people. So you don't have time to look to see for enemies. I see a lot of foolishness on Facebook and TikTok and these other places, Instagram. Do this about your enemies. Who is it that sits around watching enemies? We the believers, we sit around loving. And because God is love and we have God and we show in love, he will show us who our enemies are. He'll show us which way to go and which way not to go concerning enemies. I'm not sitting up looking to see who against me. I'm looking to see if I'm going to make an end. That's more important because I cannot control what you do to me, but I can control what I do to you. And I got to love you today in spite of. So, Samiran, I got to love them. Hallelujah. Yeah. I got to be there for them. Even when they need me and I know they're against me, I got to be there for them. He told me to love the men. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. Because people easily come, act like they love you and all that. They got nothing for you. And don't you dare do something that they think you shouldn't have done to them. What? You said something, but you didn't mean it in a negative way. But whoever went back and told them, told them in a negative way. Oh, boy, it's on. Now, I knew something was crooked about her. I knew something was wrong. I'm one of these kinds. I'm coming to you. Sion, you said this, this, and this. Because I know you. 
And I know you didn't say it negative. But I came back to you so you know who you said it in front of. They don't love you, sugar. They're trying to start some foolishness. They're trying to cut your blessing. They're trying to cut a good friend away, a family member away. Yeah, they people do all of that. But the songwriter said, hold to his hand. Ha! God's unchanging hand. Hold to his hand. Early morning. God's unchanging hand. Anthony, be your hope on things eternal. Ha! Hold to God's unchanging hand. See, his hand won't change. If it was blue on Monday, it's going to be blue every time you grab his hand. Strength. Yeah, he's going to strengthen you because you grabbed hold of his hand and he was holding yours. And he have the most power. He's the strongest. He can hold you longer than you can hold him. Huh? So we all going to hold to God's unchangeable hand in 2024. He changed not. He was that way yesterday. He's that way today. He'll be that loving, kind, and merciful God forevermore. But yet he said what he meant, and he meant what he said. And what he said don't do, he mean it. And what he says to do, he mean that too. Yet he loves us. Hallelujah. And he's saying these things to keep us safe. He's saying these things so we can stay with him. Him that's greater than anything in this earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I got to go to one more request of the morning. And uh, when we come back, the studio is open. If there's anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love Bishop Robertson too. I love his music. And when you hear that harmonica playing, that's Bishop playing. <laughs> I just get tickled some days when I see him up singing and everything. And then when I hear him say, come on here. Oh, that just tickled me good right there. And so I know uh, some people may not uh, understand uh, what's going on, but it's the people of God coming together to praise God. And we praise him with all that we have. We praise him with our mouth. We yelling stuff out, yeah, to him. And uh, we, you know, sometimes the preacher or whoever's up saying it, give instructions, clap your hands, <laughs> stop your feet. Tell God, thank you. Yeah. Give out instructions because they feel in this thing and they know if we do these things, we're going to be blessed because we come to praise him. Yeah, we come to lift him up. We come to worship him. Many times we begin worship with a slow song and many just hands up in the air and we just wave into the Lord and in our hearts, we're just telling him thank you. But when we praise him, we outward, we loud. Even when the preacher preaching, we, we yell back to the preacher. I'm good at it. I'm good at that. Oh, I can't help myself. That word is really flowing forth. And I know this is God moving this man. I'm yelling back at him. Say that, preacher. Yes, sir. Preach, preacher. All that, I'm doing all of that in the house. Yeah, when I go to my church, Bishop love it. <laughs> I'm his cheerleader over there. Yeah, because I, I yell back at him. I talk back at him. He getting ready to quote a scripture. I quote it with him. Sometimes I quote it before he finish it. Yeah, all of that. It is how. And when we yell back at the preacher, when we say amen, boy, they really uh, give God the opening to really open them up so the word of God can flow out of them. Yeah. And so that's what's happening. And with Bishop Robinson, you hear that music? Yeah. And Bishop be dancing. <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness, get it, Bishop. Go ahead and praise him, Bishop Robinson. Yeah. And so I thank for unto the Lord, and I thank God for his people, and I have respect for the men and women of God. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. There have been some things that uh, Terry K. Anderson said I didn't completely uh, agree with. I thought he should have come out loud with it because he got a mixed audience. You never know who's listening. And it's not just for one people, it's for all of us. But yet I love him, and when I find a, a good message by him, I bring it forward. Noah Jones the same way. I love Noah. But sometimes Noah just get a little too carried away with the words for me. Yeah, because the words say it's so plain, even a fool can understand it, even a baby can understand it. Not everybody been to the University of Noah Jones. But it don't stop me from loving him and listening to many messages that he brings forth. Because we got to love one another regardless. Yeah. And so I uh, thank God again for the men and women of God. And sometimes it's where they are and it's their studies and what they're doing. And sometimes it's not anything against man or God, but it's what he got. And this is what he did. And so I thank God for him. Now, it's not a whole lot of uh, women preachers uh, that I follow and, and big mega ministry preachers. 
I, I follow what they call the underdog, people with less members, small ministries, stuff like that. I just happened to stumble upon uh, 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 Noah and Pastor Terry K. But I give to these men because they bring the word forth, the truth. And smaller churches, because when you're in a small church, they start off basically. And they may have been there 10 years. But they're not mega, and they're not online uh, pulling up stuff and getting other people's sermon, dissecting it to fit them, and they're not doing all that. It's coming from their heart, and that's what I respect, truth from a man or woman heart, yeah, and we know the truth, and we know when it's real and when it's fake. All that in the news, and I'm going to tell you, I see so many Christians. I heard a lot that Cat Williams said at the Shea Shea Lounge or wherever he was at over there. And I saw this man praying. But see, I'm careful. And I can't follow the world and what the world is doing. Yeah. I was in the world. I would have been a big fan of Cat Williams. Yeah, I would have been listening to that craziness all on the floor, probably rolling and crying, screaming and laughing. But I'm in the world, but not of the world. And we yet have to pray for them. You have to pray for your Cat Williams, uh, uh, your, your, your Steve Harvey's, and your Cedric the Entertainment, your Jamie Foxx's. You have to pray for all of these people. Yeah, even people like Chris Brown, Justin Bieber. The list is endless, Diana Ross. Yeah, you got to pray for them because at one time they was who God said they was, and then they got connected to the wrong spots in the world. And the world will change you if you're not careful. And sometimes they say, if you don't do this, then you can't be that. And a lot of people want to be that, so they change so that they can be that. But we yet got to lift them up in prayer. God wished that none should perish, and we should wish that none should perish either. Yeah. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Anybody have something they would like to say this morning? Feel free now to press that number one this morning and come in. Because when I start to pray, it's over today. We're going on in Jesus' name. But uh, I want to give everybody ample opportunity. And I don't know, Brother Anthony may be working or something. And I know he usually will come in and say something on the Lord's behalf. So I want to give him a chance to uh, do what he got to do on his job so that he can come in, if he can today, and share whatever he want to share uh, in testimony. Because he always want to tell God, thank you for all that he has done for him. And uh, I'm so grateful uh, that he does. Yeah, he liked that kind of thing. And uh, I'm thankful for it. Thankful for it unto the Lord. Yeah, God is good to us. And we want to be good to him and good to each other. Yeah. And so I'm grateful. Let's go to this little one right here. It's been a minute since I played it. And uh, I'm. this is my own. And I want to dedicate this to every caller, every listener, those coming through the archives and the podcast. I want to dedicate this one to you. Uh, Brother Jermaine sent me a message, and he said that he was sorry that he didn't get in this week, but maybe next week because he got to do some studying so that when he comes, he can do justice unto God. Yeah. So we understand, and we're going to let him do it how he want to do it. And when he come, he'll be blessed. I just wish he had just come this week and just said whatever he felt was the truth about faith. Because if God's sermon for you, come on. You ain't got to do all that now. 
He know what's in you already. Just come on. And even if it's nothing but a testimony, do that. Because he's got some blessings stored up for you he want to release to you. But you you, you got to wait on you. Uh-uh. But it's all right. He, Brother, Brother Jermaine will get here when he get here and uh, do whatever it is that he believes God is having him to do. And he's studying up on whatever. I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. So, look, uh, let's just check this one out this morning. What do you think about Jesus? So 
hallelujah, hallelujah, give me Jesus in the morning, give me Jesus in the noonday, every minute of the day just going to give me Jesus, he's my reason for living now, he's my source of survival, every minute of the day, give me Jesus, hallelujah, what a beautiful thing, what a beautiful thing, I thank him that we can come to him anytime, he's never too busy for us. So we're thankful unto him this morning. And we're going to pray the prayer of faith. We're going to pray out this morning. And we pray. We're getting out a little early that the Lord will bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. I looked at this, and I don't know if I made the two, put the wrong one on the right one and the right one on the wrong one. But let's see what this is right quick. So my wife was sleeping. I was lying down next to her and I was stressing out because I was nearing the end of Bible school and I thought that the Lord was leading us to pastor this church way out somewhere. I actually didn't want to go. As I wrestled with that in my spirit, I asked God, Lord, just manifest to me like you did with the original disciples. Let me see you. Let me hold you. And I can do anything. I closed my eyes and as I just thought, man, I'm grasping for straws. This is silly. I saw in my spirit, John 20, 28. To be honest, I thought, I don't even know if John goes up that high in chapters. I'm probably making this up. But I went and I looked, and lo and behold, it was where Thomas just says to Jesus, my Lord and my God, after he just got done asking for a sign. And the Lord appeared to him and he said, you believe because you've seen, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And I just realized the Lord was having mercy on me because he didn't show me himself that way. But he showed me just how present he was by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I knew I had put something else in there. But anyway, uh, uh, can I get an answer back, Shante? Okay. Hold on. I'm going to see if she's going to pray us out this morning. Okay. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and bless everybody. We thank God for another day. Thank him that we can come together and celebrate and fellowship and share a word and just encourage one another. I'm happy to be here to close us out in prayer this morning. So if you will, touch and agree with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for being the Lord of all of our lives, God. We thank you for waking us up this morning, clothing our right mind with the use and activities of all of our limbs. God, we pray that your will would be done in our lives, Lord, from this moment forth and everlasting. God, we pray that our will would line up with your will and not the other way around. God, there's many of us out here who love you in our hearts. We seek to be a blessing to others and follow your spirit, God, as you lead and guide us every day. And, Lord, we pray for strength and resiliency. We touch and agree and ask, God, that you would use us in your service to be a blessing unto your people. God, that you would help lead and guide us in the right path. And, Lord, we know that obedience is better than the sacrifice. So all that was shared this morning, God, with the word, we ask that you would plant that seed in us, God, and it would grow. And it, we would go out and do your will, Lord. We ask, God, that you would bind up the hand of the enemy, any negative or hindering anything, God, that's not of you. We plead the blood of Jesus against it. And, God, we ask that you would keep watch over us, Lord, and send your angels to keep watch. We thank you, Lord, for this power of death and life in our tongues, God. So we ask that even when we encourage each other and we're encouraging ourselves, Lord, help us to take care of the words that we use and that we will be led by your spirit. 
God, we ask that when we put our hands to the plow, God, that we don't turn and look back, God, for there's nothing worthy behind us. And Lord, we need to keep our eyes focused and our hearts focused on you. We thank you that you encourage us daily, God, and every day that we wake up is new mercy and grace. So we thank you and we pray, God, that as we go out on this Friday morning, God, that you would bless us to come together again on Monday morning, Lord, to have fellowship, share the word, to encourage each other. And God, whatever we stand in the need of today, Lord, we know that we can get it. Lord, we just seek your face, God, and ask boldly before the throne of grace. There's no situation in our lives, God, that you're not aware of and that you have not already fixed, but we have to walk in faith and not by sight. So we trust you today. We ask that you would continue to strengthen us in you, continue to grow us in our relationships with you, and continue, Lord, to support each other in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and we ask all these things in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen and hallelujah. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day, a blessed weekend, beginning January 12, 2024, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon y'all weekend, in Jesus' name. So I'm going to say bye-bye, and we're going to... Our last song of the morning. And uh, after this song, I won't be coming back. Because he lives, I live. Because he gave, I give. Because he bore my shame and took my place, he took my place. I can never be the same. Now when he looks at me, he sees Calvary. Across the blood, the nail pierced hand, his nail pierced hand. Because of him, I have a new name. New name, new name, new name. Satan got no hold on me. New name, new name, new name. I'm in him and he's in me.
my father, I'm his boy. He has given me a new name. I know I'm his pride and joy. He has given me a new name. And when I come back, I'm going to take me a good shabbat. Huh? Oh, you was? Okay. I want you to sit down for a minute if you need to. I'm just throw something on.
Mm-hmm. 